listening to Open Lines Radio, and this after-school detention is brought to you by me, Holly, at Hot House Epiphany on Instagram, if you want to follow. What you're about to hear is a 1968 episode of William F. Buckley's Firing Line, which features a drunken Pisces Jack Kerouac, who shares my birthday, the Fugs Ed Sanders, who looks like he's animated out of some kind of waking life scenario. And this hidden gem, this clueless academic, Louis Yablonsky, discussing the hippie movement in depth. For more post-beat, pre-apocalyptic art, writing, music, 
for your ear holes, why not check out our link? This is Open Lines Radio. That link would be www.openlinesradio.com. Enjoy. Uh, the topic tonight is the hippies, an understanding of whom we must, I guess, acquire or die painfully. Uh, we certainly should make considerable progress in the next hour because we have with us a professional student of the hippies, as also someone who is said to have started the whole beat generation business, and finally a hippie type who can correct us ever so gently, please, uh, if we are wrong. Mr. Louis Yablonsky is a sociologist who studied at Rutgers and took his doctorate at New York University and teaches at San Fernando State College in California, where he is chairman of his department. Uh, his first book, uh, which focused on teenage gang life and drug addiction, prepared him for his magnum opus, which is called The Hippie Trip, a first-hand account of the beliefs and behavior of hippies in America. Uh, Mr. Jer Jack uh, Kerouac over here became famous when his book On the Road was published. Uh, it seemed to be preaching a life of disengagement, making a virtue out of restlessness. Uh, the irony is that when the book was belatedly published in 1958, seven years after it was written, Mr. Kerouac had fought his way out of the beat generation and is now, if not exactly, orthodox. Uh, at least a regular practicing novelist whose 13th book, The Vanity of Delos, is widely regarded as his best. Mr. Ed Sanders is a musician, a poet, and a polemicist. He is one of the Fugs, <laughs> a widely patronized combo. He has published four books of poetry and has vigorously preached pacifism for a number of years. I should like to begin by asking Mr. Sanders whether we have serious terminological problems. For instance, uh, are you uh, a hippie, Mr. Sanders, and if not, wherein not? Well, I, I'm not exactly a hippie. I mean, I have certain uh, uh, sentiments for that, quote, hippie movement, uh, unquote. I would say that I'm different from the hippies in that I would have a more radical uh, political solution to the problems of this part of the century. And I have uh, my roots more strongly in, uh, say, the classical tradition and in poetry and literature rather than in uh, dope and street sex. This, this you think... Um, and you uh, wrote, you published that magazine called what? called uh, Gutter Expletive, a magazine of the arts. <laughs> well, now, uh, do, do I understand from this that we, that we are supposed to make the inference that the hippies don't have a highly developed uh, political uh, schedule, a highly, uh, a highly developed political ideology? Is it the problem with the terms, like hippie, is that they have a definition foisted on them by the media, and that uh, the mm. word hippie is... Uh, has been limited by the necessities of the uh, uh, type of journalists that promote it. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you can't rely on the name hippie to include a human being, you know, the, everything about a hum particular human being. 
you know, so uh, it's a bad term, I think, because it has no meaning. You might think of hippopotamus, and I mean, you, think, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it has no uh, other uh, connection, spiritual and emotional, like, say, beat, the beat uh, generation title had. You know, it had other implications. But the word hippie, you immediately think of, uh, uh, you don't have any good connections. Well, I kind of disagree with that. I, I spent last year traveling around the country, uh, various communes and various uh, Haight-Ashbury, Lower East Side, various city scenes, and there was an identifiable, uh, define a hippie as a rather, generally a young person uh, in several categories. There's kind of a priestly type. I would include Allen Ginsberg and Tim Leary and individuals like that in that yes, category. People uh, try searching for uh, some loving solutions to society's ills, uh, trying to tune into the cosmos, whatever that means, we can explore that. Generally using psychedelic drugs, uh, and then uh, there's a whole cadre of individuals who, uh, uh, whom I've termed uh, novices, who are uh, attempting to achieve a certain uh, transcendental state. And there's a lot of teeny bopper kids who are uh, sort of uh, uh, hanging on. And there's some ancient folks like Kerouac here who. Do you why mean couldn't you keep quiet while I was talking? I'll keep quiet when you talk. Yeah, yeah that's a no, fair I enough, isn't it? What? I think that's fair enough. Your you request. said cadre. It's cadre. Well, I'm sorry. Spanish I word. apologize. I, right. My semantics aren't. And I showed my thumbs down to Ginsburg over there in the back. Oh, he's a nice fella. Yeah, we'll throw him to the lions. Well, what about it, uh, Mr. Kerouac? Uh, you're exercised about something, you know, or by something. Restless is, is true. That, uh, you had the right word, restless. Is right. Well, what, what, what is it that, uh, that in your judgment, uh, distinguishes the, the hippie movement from, for instance, or simply a routine Did radical question over political the movement? No, I, I interrupted your sentence. Yeah. Sent <laughs> sentence. Yeah, I say, what... <laughs> What, what distinguishes the hippie movement from simply an orthodox, radical, uh, say, uh, Nothing. Adamite uh, movement? Adamite? Mm, there was a Adam? Cause. Adam and Eve or Atom? Adam. As in Adam and Eve. What's an Adam and Eve? What's Adamite? Where well, they all wear their, la their hair long, layers, and caves? Yeah, and sort of back to nature and... Uh, well, that's all. Ex right. Exclusive concern for. It might own have to due time pleasure. after the atomite mm. bomb. <laughs> hey, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> good all the time, boy. <laughs> Give that man a drink. <laughs> now, Jack, <clears throat> Mr. Kerouac, what I want to ask is this: To what extent do you believe that the beat generation is related to the? To the hippies, oh, what, what do they have in common? Was this an evolution from the one uh, to the other? It's just the older ones. Yeah. See, I'm 46 years old. These kids are 18. It's the same movement, which is apparently some kind of Dionysian movement in late civilization, mm -hmm. and which I, uh, I did not intend any more than, I suppose, Dionysius did, or whatever his name was. But uh, although I'm not Dionysius the Aeropagite, <laughs> I should have been. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just a movement which is a, a 
supposed to be licentious, but it isn't really. We're not licentious in, in what respect? The hippies are good kids. They're better than the beat. The beats, uh, see, Ginsburg and I, and, well, Ginsburg, boy. We're 40, we're all in our 40s, mm -hmm. and we started this, and the kids took it up and everything. And, but uh, a lot of hoods, hoodlums, and uh, communists jumped on our backs. Mm -hmm. Well, on my back, not his. Mm -hmm. uh, Ferl and Getty jumped, jumped on my back and, and turned the idea that I had that the, the B generation was a, a generation of beatitude and pleasure in life and tenderness, but they called it in the papers a beat mutiny, mm -hmm. beat insurrection, words I never used. Mm -hmm. Being a Catholic, I believe in order, tenderness, and piety. Well, then your point was that a meeting, that a, that rather that a movement which you conceived as relatively pure has become uh, ideologized and uh, misanthropic and uh, generally uh, a movement that was objectionable no a movement that was considered what pure yes it was pure in my heart mm -hmm. what about that mr blanc did you do you, do you uh, see that as having happened somewhere between well, I, the beats I, and the hippies i think there's uh in early 67 going back to around oh i suppose 64 or 5 there were a lot of people trying to kind of uh, return to sort of an Indian style of life or relate to the land differently, uh, trying to, uh, uh, to uh, love each other and, uh, and, and communicate, be more open with each other. And I think it, uh, recently it's, uh, it's taken a turn in a violent direction. Uh, a, a lot of uh, responsibility, I think, is due to drugs like methadrine, the amphetamines, uh, uh, and perhaps the uh, the overuse uh, because it's been around for quite a while now of, of drugs like LSD. How about the herring? What is herring? Is that kind of a drug? It's a cherry herring. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Kerouac still on, uh, is out of style. He's still on alcohol, which is. Uh, you know, I'm on there, alcohol. There, there, there are other drug drugs out. now. That, uh, How about that, Miss Sanders? Is that out of style? Well, uh, you mentioned misanthropic uh, and objectionable. I think that misanthropic. Many of the uh, so-called misanthropic elements of this generation is are due to uh, the war, well, and that you have a surly generation of draft eligible but literate and uh, articulate people who are who are confronted with the hideous probability of having to go yes, to an Asian land war, war against, against and that and that uh, so they have to go to war and they're faced with this this looming gloomy future <coughs> and that rather than die in Vietnam they'd rather prepare themselves to articulate a lifestyle in the streets and in the open that, that, re that really reflects something they really want to do rather than this other thing they have to do later on that they don't really believe in and they will do because uh, push comes to shove, well, most kids go to war. Mm -hmm. you know. Of course, the trouble with that is it doesn't account, for instance, for the restlessness in, say, Paris, where they don't have that particular problem, does it? Well, that's the up against Who's the wall Daniel syndrome. I mean, uh, uh, and then it goes to commercial break, but 
We're not going to make you go to a commercial break. That's not what Open Lines Radio is about. Open Lines Radio is about no commercial breaks. So um, what do you think, Holly, of what we've been listening to with this little thing? It's pretty interesting, right? What people were thinking all those years ago. It's crazy to hear this trio on three different sides of the dice. And then to hear like, ding dong, old school doorbell. Will millennials just be texting you? We hear. The doorbell's not really necessary anymore, is it? Fuck your doorbell. If someone's ringing the doorbell, then you don't know you who they are. That. <laughs> you can't trust that. It's, it's a spam. Like, who who's actually calling your phone? Just text me, bitch. All right, let's get back to it, shall we? All right. This is um, After School Detention on Open Lines Radio. Mr. Sanders, I'm interested in, in the trying to uh, pin this point down because... A lot of us have heard that the restlessness of so much of American youth, uh, which has contributed to the growth of the hippie movement, has to do with the trauma of Vietnam. But then all of a sudden, a while ago in, in France, the entire, what seemed like the entire student uh, population exploded, uh, even though that particular provocation was singularly, in fact conspicuously, absent France having been officially very pro-North Vietnam, very anti-American. Uh, now, how do you account for that, and has uh, it caused you to perhaps look in for more generic sources of I disorder? think it's the uh, nefarious uh, occurrence in French civilization of Madame de Gaulle. Madame de Gaulle? Because she has uh, exercised a noxious influence on French television, sitting up and personally censoring it. And uh, I think... <laughs> no, I think... I th it's absolutely true. And I think that uh, when you have a, uh, a type of uh, obnoxious matriarchy as uh, uh, that's evident in France, plus a encrusted, boring, <coughs> boorish uh, university structure, and uh, the, uh, this, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, the old man himself, and who wouldn't? I mean, it's a whole thing to God. There's a there's a huge structure there to re revolt against. So, you know, Madame de Gaulle is roughly equal to Vietnam. She's a uh, Madame New. Uh -huh. uh -huh. uh, Professor Yablonski, what would you say if a student <laughs> of yours told you that? <laughs> well, I think in in the United States, uh, the hippies, uh, with all the tantamount difficulties of defining them come from the uh, middle, upper classes, upper socioeconomic situation. And these are generally uh, people who have uh, tasted uh, the best that American society seems to have to offer. They, they have access to all the goodies, and they're turned off by it. They feel that it's kind of a plastic society. There's no room for political change. I'm talking about the pure hippie. The pure hippie isn't particularly involved in politics. He sort of uh, retreats from that. He's, he's, he's with, withdrawn from it. And he's involved in, uh, I mentioned the term cosmic consciousness before. There is uh, an experience one seems to get under LSD that uh, a lot of uh, people talk about as putting them in touch with all things, with all people. And there's uh, an effort, uh, kind of an extremist effort at love that seems to dominate the, uh, uh, the hippie scene and uh, a retreat from uh, uh, politics. Uh, well, is, is there a causal relation between uh, their going, the, 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 they're adopting these attitudes and the Vietnam War, uh, or do, do you reject 
the Vietnam War as the the, the proximate cause I think of the, this movement. The Vietnam War is is uh, part of it. Uh, but if there had been no Vietnam War, we might have had the, the identical thing. Is that your point? Well, I think uh, part uh, there are a lot of there's no single cause for for a particular movement. I think. Part of it may have been uh, the assassination of, of JFK. I think people on the left felt that through the establishment, through political devices, uh, uh, the society could move in other uh, directions. And then, uh, in what direction was it moving in 1963 that was pleasing to them? Uh, there was uh, a, a, a movement towards uh, greater welfare programs, towards. Uh, uh, resolving in some ways the civil rights issue. There seemed to be some hope. And then this seemed to be snapped off, and uh, a lot of kids who went to but Mississippi... If I may and, say uh, so, precisely the movements that didn't get passed in 1961, 62, and 63, of the kind you just enumerated, were passed in 64, 65, 66. So there would seem to be almost a negative correlation between the civil rights legislation and welfare passages well, and think, the growth of the movement. I think if you cross-compare the, the limited JFK administration and the rather lengthy LBJ administration, I think uh, the LBJ situation has kind of been a, a going through the motions of doing something. And there was a certain, I feel, uh, and, and a lot of people have told me, the spirit afoot in the country. And there seemed to be a bit of a, of, of a revival with uh, uh, with Bobby Kennedy, and uh, here again, uh, uh, and, and to some extent, the McCarthy uh, involvement. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, people are turned off from the political establishment because they don't see any hope for uh, changing it. That is, they use terms like uh, plastic and uh, more, more severe words about it. And uh, they've, they've disengaged. Uh, they're uncommitted to it. How about that, Mr. Kerak? Does that make sense to you the, in terms of <clears throat> I lost the entire train of thought. Well, the, tra the train of thought has to do with whether, um, uh, whether in the last few years people have ceased to look at the political processes as profitable in terms of bringing on the kind of world they want to live in. And, and maybe that has something to do with the assassination of Kennedy, that kind of thing. No, that was an accident. I, I refer back to uh, Count Leo Tolstoy, who wrote War and Peace, you know, Leo Tolstoy, who said that at one time, uh, the, uh, the, the hourglass, that the sand is coming down from one top of the hourglass down to the other, and that will be the end of war. I think that war will be over fairly soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although I don't know for sure. That's what Tolstoy said. And he well, was the guy who yeah, taught Gandhi and Thoreau. Yeah. Henry David Thoreau. Yeah. Told him a lot of foolish things. I no, but I didn't get the, the <clears throat> full context of your question. Well, the full context of the question is, are, are a significant number of Americans precisely at an age <laughs> when we enunciated the great society? Oh, uh, great society i.e. the society that was actually going to introduce politics as, as relevant as in everything. Uh, uh, are they disillusioned, and does this have to do with the growth of the hippie movement? In the first place, I think that the, the Vietnamese War is nothing but a, a plot between the North Vietnamese and the South Vietnamese, who are cousins, to get jeeps in the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And as for they're not very good plotters, are they? Well, they got a lot of jeeps. <laughs> I think they're but pulling they, the wool over our eyes, and we're little be, American lambs. They turned out to be more expensive than Sears Roebuck jeeps. Yes, didn't they? But I, that's what I really think there. Uh, as for the Russian takeover of Czechoslovakia, that showed the world what they're like, mm -hmm. what the communists are really like. They're really fascists. Well, yeah, I don't guess anybody doubted that, except maybe Mr. Sanders, right? No, I, I, I think it was a terrible thing, you know, and I, uh, if I were in Czechoslovakia and a Czechoslovakian student, I'd be putting out a, a, an underground newspaper and doing my best called to... Called what? Called Gutter Expletive. <laughs> 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 well, uh, since since you since since you are in Czechoslovakia, uh, Mr. Sanders, what do you consider it appropriate to do in the United States during the during the presidential campaign? Yeah, by way of protest against the Czechoslovakian. Uh, oh, well, I recommend uh, uh, sit-ins in front of the Russian missions. What for? To uh, vigorously and more. Uh, forcefully yet non-violently uh, to witness against it. And I would advocate uh, writing articles and advocate uh, you know, maybe going to Czechoslovakia. I mean, uh, we made the Fugs are going to Europe in a couple weeks and we may you just... bring your carbines? We're going to the Essen Song Festival in Germany. We just may try to freak across to Czechoslovakia to uh, visit uh, yeah. Kafka's birth place, I guess. Was he born in Prague? Yeah. yeah. So we may go uh, play, have a homage to uh, Kafka with the uh, uh, with our band. Well, do 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 you draw any uh, do you draw any generalities on the basis of the behavior of the Soviet Union, which instruct you in assessing other political situations? Like yeah, o, like Mayor know. Daley in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And what what are those? You well, those are that when you when you attempt to essentially peacefully gather together to press a point about a war or about a about a freedom or about freedom of journalism that when you're confronted with people like uh, Duke, uh, like the Soviet leaders and like the uh, leaders in Chicago namely Mayor Daley and uh, Mr. Stahl and Mr. Barger of the Chicago uh, uh, municipal office that you're, conf you're confronted with essentially the same position you're not you're allowed you're clubbed you're maced you're gassed you're freaked zapped pushed over if you're an old lady you're thrown through a plate glass window if you're a cripple, you're thrown against a street light. If you're a peaceful, long-haired, loving protester, you're smashed and knocked down. If you're a cameraman, you're bricked and your camera's destroyed and your, your blood is splattered all over you. I mean, it's, it's a nefarious scene and there's, there's, there's all kinds of correlations. And what the only, the only, uh, what the lesson you would draw would be to uh, prepare yourself and, you know, in the sense of if you're nonviolent like I am and if you believe in pacifism, you will attempt to create a body of love and light so that that thing can't happen, that there'll be so many loving people there that you will have a festival of life and all its attributes, and you can do that by, by praying together, by loving together, by... Uh, Alan was singing Aum in the streets, which is the Hindu uh, benevolent word, and uh, by, doing, by getting together and creating love, I think it's a great force, in, at least in allowing you to demonstrate in the United States against... Uh, uh, Daly, who is, uh, you know, like uh, it's Al Capone, you know, I mean, so. you, know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, sure. Beware of false prophets who come unto you dressed in sheep's clothing and underneath they are ravening wolves. But who's that? 
Touch you once, I touch you twice 